Texas Tech basketball is set for another contest where they may be shorthanded, but can the Magnificent Seven give Kansas 40 minutes of fight? We'll discuss how Texas Tech might be able to knock off Kansas on today's Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Network. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm Ryan Mainville. I cover Texas Tech for the Dallas Morning News, and I'm joined by Emery Lida, a longtime Texas Tech analyst and writer, also a good friend of mine who just got a new mic, so his voice is probably sounding extra crispy in today's episode. So uh, shout out to Emery, man, for investing in your ears Today is all about Kansas. We are going to be breaking down Bill Self's team that he has put together this year. They're a really interesting bunch. Before any of that, allow me to ask my co-host how he's doing today. Emery, how you feeling, man? Feeling good, sounding crisp, ready to talk about more basketball. I mean, coming off the Iowa State game that seemingly took years off my life just with how crazy that one was and how shorthanded tech wasn't still finding ways to compete i'm excited to see what they're able to do against kansas i'm looking forward to talk about it in a much more clear way now so it's great yeah you sound great man so excited to just continue to talk some texas tech basketball today uh kansas man they're the team that i think i i for sure had at the top of the big 12 um coming into this season where'd you have them did you do like a preseason ranking where'd you have kansas I had them number one, I believe. Right, I had a right. Baylor in Texas. Yeah, I think I had Kansas first, Baylor second. Looks like I might have underestimated the Bears a little bit, but Kansas, man, still looked like a really good squad this season. They're 12-1. and one. Their one loss was a one-point loss to Dayton at a neutral site, and really, they, they don't have a ton of quality wins on their schedule. I think probably the most notable ones are over Michigan State and Iona. They also had a good win against... SFA, that was a kind of a rock fight for them. But in terms of efficiency, they've looked like Kansas looks. Um, their offense this season it has been really, really good. So they rank fourth in Kempom and T rank. And a lot of that obviously is to do with their offense, which is fifth in Kempom and second in T rank. So, I mean, Bill Self's identity for, for a long time has been playing kind of gritty defense and doing some intuitive things on offense. But their offense has looked really, really good this season. They're putting in the ball in the basket at a really high clip. And I've got one suggestion as to how they're able to do that, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Well, one thing that I've noticed is different from past Bill Self teams, and we saw it starting to take place back in about 2018 or so, is phasing out the bigs from the game. They went from what used to be an all-the-time playing two bigs at the four and the five so now they really just play one most of the time. And even then, it's a lot closer to running small ball. They've kind of tem- they've come around to running some five-out offense at times, which prior to this season, we almost never really saw from them. And that's the key. They're very efficient on offense. They have a lot of guys that can handle the ball, a lot of guys that are, have experience with those primary and secondary ball handlers. And I think this is the way that Bill Self wants to play. We've seen him kind of look towards it over the last few years, whether it be with Devon Dotson at point guard. We've seen them bring in guys over the last couple of years, like a Jalen Wilson. Obviously, they've had 
very flexible wings. That's one of the strengths of their team this year and in the past. And obviously you've had some outliers there. You've had like a DJ Clawson that was more of a big old school type of player. But as a whole, Bill Self has been going more towards the flexible wing type of offense. And I think that this season is just the culmination of all that. They've got an offense that can play fast, can play slow, can get looks in the half court. They've got a lot of guys that can create for themselves. And it just makes it very difficult because there's no real weak spot on this offense. You have enough ball handlers enough guys that can create and you also have size if you ever want it whether it be with Lightfoot or McCormick yeah my reason is a Abaji who we're going to detail more later but he has just been incredible one of the best shot makers in college basketball but something I've also noticed about this team as I've gotten to watch them this year is they just move the ball around really really well the ball just does not stick they're they're all about getting guys open looks um and I've just really, really enjoyed watching them on offense. They've got really solid assist-to-turnover ratio right now as a team um, with, with still like some improvement there. So I think this team has been really, really good offensively, especially for a team that that's you know losing Jalen Wilson, essentially. I mean, we talked about it a few episodes ago, but he has just, his shot has disappeared. He, he is two for 23 now on the season from deep, so he's down to about... 8% and you mentioned kind of the David McCormick Mitch Lightfoot ordeal David McCormick has struggled around the rim this year that's kind of been Bill Self's reasoning between giving him less minutes and giving Mitch Lightfoot more minutes so they're still figuring things out and, and they're still a really good team um, which is scary for you if you're in the Big 12 and you're looking at your schedule come come late February but I think I'm really intrigued by their defense because Last season, I, w- I was all about Kansas. I wanted Mark Adams to build a team like Kansas that could go five out essentially for like 28 minutes a game and, and just give you an absolute nightmare on the perimeter. And really, their defense has been kind of kind of mediocre by their standards. Um, They're, they're kind of sitting in like the, the 20s and 30s per efficiency numbers. And it's just a, a little surprising to see a team like Kansas be in the middle of the pack. And I'm intrigued to know... From your perspective, do you think that there's anything that Texas Tech can take advantage of, or has Kansas just just been serviceable this far because of their offense? I think defensively, it's as much about the players as anything. And I think as good as Agbaji has been offensively, I think this has been his worst season defensively. He makes a lot more lapses than he has been, and he's never been really the real active defender on the perimeter. And they rotate a lot of guys in there that are undersized to a degree. You've got, you've got guys like Dewan Harris and also Remy Martin. Both of them are undersized for guards and don't quite have the instincts to really make up for it. So you've got more negatives in the rotation at this point. Obviously, David McCormick's still a really good rim protector. Um, but again, when his minutes go down and his productivity goes down and he has a tendency to get into a little bit of foul trouble, it makes it difficult for them to have that rim protection. So it's just a defense that has holes. And I think that they're probably not quite as bad as what the numbers have looked at times. Certainly, they've had to face a lot of up-tempo offenses so far this season and played a lot of high-possession games, and that's probably going to slow down some in conference play. And I'm a big proponent that a slower pace allows a defense to be more effective in the half court. But certainly, this hasn't been the start that I think Kansas wanted to have defensively, and I feel like it's as much to do with the personnel as anything scheme-related or something like that. The guy that I think is a big factor of that is McCormick because although he is 
an effective shot blocker. He also does struggle to defend the pick and roll. Doesn't move his feet very well. He's a big dude, man. He is a big, big dude. And even when he's not blocking shots, he's affecting them at the rim. So he's useful in that area, but you've got to kind of cut your losses with him on the floor. And I think that's why just another reason why we're seeing Bill Self continue to explore with his front court, because I think that they're just trying to alleviate some of that and figure out a way to go kind of maybe more five out at times. And I think where you can really do that is, is with Jalen Wilson. Um, But I mean, the shot making has just been so bad this season that like you just can't play him at this point. Yeah. And I think defensively the one, the one through five pick and roll is something that teams have been utilizing a lot because you put their guards I just mentioned and Martin and Harris in a tough situation where like they're undersized. They're probably neither of them are real positive defenders for their position. And so you add that into McCormick and you can't really afford to just use them as trail trail guards and you can't really play all the way up. And then with McCormick, you can put him into space. That's the goal. And you see it a lot against teams that run four and five, except for against Kansas, they just simply hunt out McCormick or even Lightfoot is someone that, even though he's probably better and more agile than McCormick, it's still a situation where teams are trying to hunt him out. And I mean, that's going to be the, that's a theme in college basketball. When you have bigs that are slow footed teams are going to try to take advantage of that. And certainly having Jalen Wilson out there would help, but when he's been as bad offensively as he's been this year, it's hard to give him a lot of minutes, especially when the main purpose for him to be a stretch five would be for him to space the floor. And that just doesn't happen when you're shooting 8%. Yeah, that one through five pick and roll really showed up in that Gonzaga game that Kansas played in two years ago or or last season. So not exactly the same personnel, but Gonzaga just blitzed them in the pick and roll and and made that game a sprint and and Kansas could just not keep up. I think Gonzaga scored like 100 plus points in that game. So just crazy to see Texas Tech will have to find a way to run a lot of pick and roll regardless of kind of what their personnel says. But We know that the Jayhawks, at least as of Thursday night, will have two really talented players available in Lubbock. But first, before we break down those guys, a word from our sponsors. Hey, Red Raiders, this is Ryan with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. 
as I alluded to earlier, um, we, we've got to talk about Ochai Ajabi because this guy has just been easily one of the best players in college basketball this season. Abaji is averaging over 20 points per game on a shooting line that reads 52.9% from the field, 50.1% from deep, and 71.8% from the free throw line. So he's just been lights out, man. And, and he's been scoring the ball really, really efficiently was obviously a guy that was in the NF NBA draft consideration um, and then eventually withdrew his name and decided to return to Kansas. And it looks like thus far that was a good decision from him because he has been a very, very effective player for the Jayhawks this season. Baji's a guy that has played for quite a while there. We've seen him, I believe this is the fourth season he's played. He burned his red shirt coming out against Tech one year, actually. I think that was the 2019 season. And every year we've seen a significant evolution in his game. Last year, we saw him start to take on a secondary ball handler role. After before that, it was he was mainly just an off-ball wing. And this year, he's just become an absolutely reliable scorer. I mean, this is someone that coming into this year had never really been much of a pull-up threat. And he's making 45% of his threes on good efficiency too. And a lot of those are coming off the dribble and his the reliance that they have on him to create shots off the dribble is significantly more this year than at any other point in his career. And I mean, it's, it's nice to see him taking on that role because he's always been someone where you're just waiting to see that breakout and we've seen incremental improvements, but for him, this season has easily been the best for him so far. And we've had, we've seen him take on good scoring roles. I think his playmaking's taken another step and I alluded in the first point, first place that his defense has taken a step back. And I think that's something that's fixable and probably as a result of just the amount of offensive wood that he's had to shoulder. But certainly he's someone that has the capability to be an elite offensive player and someone that can hold his own defensively and is a versatile weapon on both ends. Yeah, I mean, coming into the season, I, I kind of thought Remy Martin was going to be the guy for this team. And, you know, Abaji was really, really good alongside Marcus Garrett last last season. I figured it would kind of be a similar situation this year with with Abaji and Braun and Wilson kind of supporting Martin. But Abaji has been hands down the star, and, and he is a guy that Texas Tech is more than familiar with. You mentioned burning his red shirt. He's played in six career games against Texas Tech, is averaging 12 points, 4.3 rebounds, and 1.2 assists in those contests. So a guy that has scored the ball pretty well against Texas Tech in the past and it just feels like he's hit another level this season. And Texas Tech's defense is, is really going to have to play a, as conservative and as diligent as they did against Iowa State to shut him down. I think that he's really going to be one of the most dangerous and effective scorers that Texas Tech will see in conference play this year. Yeah, the last time he played Texas Tech, he had 23 points, or actually, excuse me, last year when he played Tech, he had 23 points in Lovick and really was the lone offensive source in that game for Kansas. They walked away with a 58-57 victory, and it was basically him on one side and TJ Shannon on the other side, and that was the game where we learned that TJ had worked on his jump shot and hit four threes in the game suddenly. But for Agbaji, it was a similar sort of situation where he was really able to come out of a shell and have a really good game as a lead ball handler and they're going to need that sort of offensive production for him and the production that we've seen over the first few games of the season to be able to continue if they want to achieve the maximum and I think coming into the season a lot of people agreed with you in terms of Remy Martin being the best player on that team and 
certainly if, if his time at Arizona State's any indication, he's someone that can light up and have these games where he has 25 or 30 points. So he's a real offensive weapon. But I think Mbaji's efficiency is really what's impressive because he's been able to have pretty high volume and take on a lot of the offensive responsibilities of ball handler. And he's doing so with efficiency that he's even more efficient than what he was doing as kind of a secondary or tertiary player where he played a lot of off ball minutes. So, I mean, this is really going to be a test for Tech's defense because you've got a guy that's been effective as an off ball scorer throughout his career and someone that's torched you at times, like I mentioned, the 23 point game. And he's had other games against Tech where he's gone off. And you're also going to have someone that's been excelling in a new role and they're still limited to been able to do so it's a challenge and considering everything else that Kansas has in terms of ball handlers and guys that can create for themselves and also move well without the ball get open looks it's going to be probably one of the biggest challenges you're going to face defensively all season and that's not even considering all all of the COVID depletions and injuries that you have on your roster right now but I mean, talking about guys that have really excelled in a new role, um, we got to talk about Christian Broadman because this is a guy that has been playing college basketball for forever, has really excelled as, as kind of like a glue guy, but has continually stepped up, played bigger minutes. And this season, he, he is en route to by far his best season yet. He is playing much more aggressive. I know Bill Self talked about it all offseason that he was going to give Braun the green light. And, you know, he was encouraging him to be more aggressive and, and find a shot and take it. And that's really, really shown. He is averaging 16.8 points per game, over six boards and over three assists. He's actually shooting a lot less from deep than he has in years past, but he's getting the ball inside the arc very easily. And he is shooting very efficiently whenever he brings the ball inside the three-point line. So Braun is the guy that I think maybe has excelled in a new role more than even Abaji. And that's not to say that he's a better player, but Braun really developing this identity as an aggressive player who can go get his own shot has just given Kansas like another element that you have to be aware of whenever they have the ball on offense. He's got a lot of Jarrett Culver in his offensive game and his ability a good to... Comp. Yeah, to really manipulate leverage. He doesn't really have a lot of burst, but he can still get effective looks inside the paint as a as someone as a lead ball handler. And that's something that I honestly did not see him developing the first couple of years. I thought it was going to be him more always being a spot up and occasionally taking straight line drives. But he's got the ability to really manipulate spacing and find advantages. And I think that's going to be a critical point because for on one hand, that's the type of player that Tech has had success with in the past because a lot of times Mark Adams has been able to really foster guys that utilize space and advantages just simply by pressuring to the point where they can't get that airspace at any point. But on the other hand, and Braun's a really smart player and knows how to create that advantage for him. So it's going to be interesting to see how he's able to play. I think offensively, I, we really haven't been able to see him play against a defense like Tech's over the last few games. And we haven't really seen him against Tech with this iteration of his play style. So it's hard to really predict how he's going to do in this game. But certainly, the evolution of him as a player has been really impressive. And I'd also say defensively, he's still a really good positional defender. Not really a flashy one in terms of his ability to get steals and disrupt things. But he's always in the right place and doesn't make a lot of rotational errors. And so he's just a solid all-around player. And for me, at least, 
Agbaji's one of those guys that can go off for 30, 35 points and really just kill you. But Braun is a lot of consistency in his game. And there's, there's really a lot to like about him just because of his all around some solid fundamental game and his ability to play on both sides at a consistently high level. Yeah. Defensively, this is a guy that you see show up on, on, on your matchup card and you just get frustrated because he is just gritty. He's feisty, no easy buckets. He's chirpy. Um, but he's a good defender, man. And then you mentioned the ball handling where, where that's really shown up is like I mentioned taking the ball to the basket last season. He took just three, two point attempts per game and shot them at 44%. This year he's taking eight and he's shooting 66%. So Texas tech has to be able to find a way to put pressure on him and not let him get to the rim easily or else they will be in trouble. Coming up next, we are going to give our predictions and our keys to the game for when tech for Texas Tech and Kansas on Saturday. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolutions because it tastes so good, you're going to want to eat it. It's not like other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like chemicals. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By week three, you're thinking this is just isn't worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, guess what? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And there's so many flavors to choose from, you'll never get bored. You've got coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order today. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Texas Tech and Kansas at the USA at 3 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, it's looking like Texas Tech is still going to be shorthanded. I mean, uh, we, we saw the NCAA pass some, some updated COVID guidelines today where players are, are going to follow the CDC guidelines and only have to quarantine for five days. But still, got to imagine that Texas Tech will be shorthanded in this one. Obviously, you don't know by how much or... Or whatnot, and of course, there, there's still so much time between between today and and that game that there could even be a postponement at this point. But we'll go ahead and predict this game uh, to the best of our ability, just guesstimating that Texas Tech will be shorthanded um, and and not getting any of those guys that are injured back. So this is a tough game um, for for Texas Tech. I, I think I think that Kansas is is a really really good squad. Um, the thing that kind of sucks about this too is is you've got to play them on the 24th so you don't have a ton of time to really regroup and, and get a look at this team at true full strength obviously you should be healthier that's that's like three weeks away so hopefully you'll have a number of bodies back by then but still 
I want to see Texas Tech in February form take on this Kansas team, but we just won't see it. Um, but Kansas, what they can do offensively, I think they're a really dangerous team. I think that Remy Martin still hasn't really found his groove, which just makes this team all all the more dangerous. Abaji has looked like probably probably the best player in the conference at this point. And, and then you got Christian Braun, who's just played really, really well. So this is a tough matchup for Texas Tech on any night, but especially on a night where they will be shorthanded. And so for the second episode in a row, I'm going to predict a Texas Tech loss, unfortunately. And it is also going to be another Texas Tech double-digit loss. I'm going to pick Kansas winning this one, 79-65. to 65. So pretty pretty steep margin of victory there for Kansas. But at this point, with, with the protocols and with how the Jayhawks have looked so far this season, I, I just don't really know how how Texas Tech can can hang around. Last time I predicted Tech to win 50 to 49, and it was an extremely hot take, and it became even hotter when we found out that half the team was out because of COVID and injuries. And I'm tempted to do it again, but I think this time Kansas's team is really built to exploit some of the matchup issues that I think Tech is going to have being shorthanded in this game because if you operate with the same seven that played against Iowa State, you're going to have to play two bigs at all times and likely three big lineups. And that's just not a good recipe against a team like Kansas that has so many good ball handlers on their team. I mean, you mentioned Remy Martin, Dewan Harris, obviously Jalen Wilson. You have to think at some point he's going to start knocking down a couple of shots. Like he can't keep shooting 8% for an entire year. And you have Oshav Agbaji and obviously Christian Braun, we've mentioned all both of those guys having their elite step ups. I think at a full, at full strength, this tech team could be built to stop them effectively just because all the wings that they have. And certainly a guy like, like a Baji having to go against TJ Shannon and Malik Wilson and Kevin McCuller for 40 minutes. It's a lot different than tech having to allocate basically three guards through all of Kansas's matchups. It's just going to be very difficult in that sense. So I'm going to go with Kansas to win this one, 71 to 59. I think that Tech's going to be able to keep it close at points and not going to not going to make it a total runaway. I just think offensively, the lack of scoring just through the lineup talent is going to be a pretty major issue. And then defensively, it's not quite going to be like the Iowa State game where you can just force them to take ridiculously difficult shots because of their lack of self-creation, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a difficult matchup, but with how like what Texas Tech looks like and how they're built when they're fully healthy. Like I actually like this matchup maybe more than I have in years past. Like I've, I've been really high on Kansas the past few years, but I think Texas Tech at full strength and fully healthy would be a really interesting matchup against this Kansas team, especially if they're going to get David McCormick off the floor a little bit more, but nonetheless, we're, we're forced with a magnificent seven. If Texas Tech is going to, Play play close like they did against Iowa State again. What are, what are some things they have to do in this one? Well, you need Clarence Sedoli to have the game of his life version 2.0. I think if he can be the level of ball handler that he was against Iowa State and distribute to open shooters, that opens up a lot of your offensive capabilities, especially against the Kansas team that at times has had issues rotating and defending the pick and roll. Those are gonna that's gonna be something that's critical. And then also defensively. You've just got to stay out of foul trouble. I mean, if you have any of the three guards that get in foul trouble, if you have Davion Warren picking up three fouls before half again, you're going to be toast just because of the lineups that Kansas run. 
you're going to be, if you have to put more than three bigs on the court at any one time, you're probably going to end up having basically at least one or two mismatches at all times. So you just have to avoid foul trouble offensively control what you can control. Don't make too many dumb decisions. Clarence, and only if he has another great game from a playmaking standpoint, I think it will help out a lot and try to shoot. Well, it's in your home building. So that's a positive. And if it goes well, it goes well. If not, I mean, you're going to have another chance against this team at full strength and you just try to learn from this game and move on to that one going forward. Would you put Warren or arms on a Baji? I think I would be tempted to put Warren on Abaji just because of his quick instincts. I think Abaji is someone that can obviously create his own shot, but he's not extremely, he's not someone that relies on burst a ton. So having that disruptive ability that Warren has is going to make it a little bit more difficult. I think as well as that though, I think Warren would also be a good match on Braun again, for the same reason, both of those guys don't really rely a ton on natural burst. Whereas a guy like Remy Martin is more of a pure burst and jitterbug type of athlete. So, I mean, I would probably go with Warren, but I think he would go with either one. Yeah. I like Warren on paper. I think that like, man, th- this roster situation is just such a mess. Like I think Warren's a really good matchup for Abaji because his hands are so good. He moves his feet really well. I could really see him giving Abaji a fit, but like he, he might play all 40 minutes in this game or like 38 or something because I think they need him more offensively than they do defensively in this game. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'd also say I think Clarence is a perfect match for Martin personally. I think yeah. that's the exact type of guard that Clarence does well against, but you wish you, I mean, I wish we had TJ Shannon in this game because I think he's a really good matchup for Agba. And I mean, it just sucks to be so shorthanded. Yeah, it's rough, man. Even just from the standpoint of like, I, I just want to watch good basketball, man. I, I want to see what Texas Tech looks like at full strength. Not even the fact that I'm just like wanting them to win. I want to see like a good competitive basketball game at full strength. But nonetheless, we know that Mark Adams is going to put a team on the floor that will compete for all 40 minutes and we will enjoy every second of it somehow because that is what he does and that is what he did in Ames and I believe that he will do it again. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We will be back on Monday. We've got some exciting content coming up next week, including the launch of our YouTube channel. So make sure that you are watching us on Twitter and following us there. You can follow me at LBK. You can follow Emery at Eraser41. And you can follow the official Locked On Texas Tech Twitter at LockedOnTTU to be sure that you can see when we update our YouTube and where you can go and subscribe there to watch videos of our pretty faces talking about Texas Tech basketball. Um, Follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help us out, get in front of more people. Leave us a review if you've enjoyed the show. And of course, let us know if you have any feedback. In the meantime, thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Now make sure to make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thanks for joining us. Have a good weekend. We will see you on Monday.